You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. Don't worry, we're still alive, um, listeners. At least at time of recording. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, they have successfully put in place measures so Trump does not have access to the nuclear codes right now. Yep. Um, we have not been killed in a civil uprising yet. Um, Handmaid's Tale has not, not started yet taking, over, but... taking over 2021 like Black Mirror did in 2020. Yeah. But... I mean, we're pretty close. Washington, I mean, D.C. almost turned into Gilead the other day. We, we're still a couple weeks away from the election, and then who knows what's going to happen. I mean, uh, yeah. So. Um, from the inauguration. Hopefully they actually take it serious now, unlike before where they're just like, oh, it's just my buddy's coming to the Capitol, so it'll be fine, guys. Uh, <laughs> that was really wild. That was, <laughs> I'm like... It was That was a hard one to watch because of all the things that we've seen. I mean, in some ways this feels like... There's this idea that we became immune to protests during 2020 because there were so many protests mm-hmm. and, and from both sides. And I'm not saying like both sides were the same. They were not the same at all. But I'm just saying like there was a lot of BLM protests, of course. And then there was also a lot of Trump rallies and a mm-hmm. lot of Trump protests. There was just a lot of unrest in America, particularly in yep. 2020. Um, and so I think that people like became immune so that it was just like this is just another protest but that's right. not just another protest storming a federal building and breaking the windows and getting into that and a woman being shot and killed because she's trying to break down the door and or having the window elected officials cowering in wherever they were you know moved to hide i don't mm-hmm. know I, yeah i didn't look into like oh, the what room they went a lot yeah of more put in the basement um that's a terrorist attack. Yeah, like I, I mean, to say that that's the same as people marching through the streets or standing on a, even mm-hmm. standing on a Capitol steps. I mean, you know, in, in, in you know, in June we were at uh, the the BLM protest. Mm-hmm. It was June or July, I don't remember. And you were standing together. face to face with like face officers face with in full right. Yeah, here. but they were yeah they were they were lined up along the state house steps. And I mean, come on, by the time they got there, there was maybe two. 100 people maybe 300 i'm not sure right i mean there was there was a, there was a few hundred people but they weren't doing nobody was talking about hey let's go charge the capital that right. was not ever a discussion that was had there was nothing about that that was all they were all just like we're going to stand here and we're going to protest right and it was just a peaceful demonstration there yep. was nothing crazy nothing was going on very calm and then of course the entire national guard comes out they line mm-hmm. the steps the entire walk home there were stations of national guards there were barricades yep. You see videos of people being corralled through the streets, mm-hmm. like yeah. roads being blocked off. They have to turn around because there's just a line of right gear armed yeah. people blocking the way. Like, exactly. That that's that was what happened whenever we tried to do a Black Lives Matter. And that was in Little Old Providence, 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 Rhode Island. Exactly. And here, you're 
on the Capitol steps the day that they're going to do the electoral uh, the, pilot the federal Capitol steps so, like yeah, the federal. of the United States of not like little old Providence Rhode Island not like little old I don't know Indianapolis Indiana mm-hmm. or wherever some you know smaller state or yeah. city this is the fucking capital of the United States and they're hosting a rally to protest the elector the counting of the electoral votes that is happening that day behind mm-hmm. you the president literally tells them you know, go go over there. I don't know, like something about tell them what you think. He said, um, fight like warriors. It was very yeah. like, don't fight like boxers. It's time to fight like, you know, fight like your life depends on it. It was very uh-huh. much like words to encourage an act. It yeah. was not... It was not words to encourage peaceful demonstration. It was like, go do what you need to do yeah. as an American citizen. Show them what we stand for. Like It was basically everything but a Braveheart speech, except yes. for, of course, he never had any intention of leading his people there. No, he was like, okay, go do what you're going to do. I'm going to go uh, wherever the safest place I'm gonna is. I'm going to go find my little tent back here, and mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to Gloria. And you guys, you just take over, and you, told them, you tell them that you're coming, and you're protecting me. And then whenever you guys have cleared the way, then I'm going to come in and take over. But yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm a little pissed coward that's gonna hide back here though exactly and it really the contrast and i mean it's all over the news now but the contrast between like if this was a black lives matter Mm -hmm. protest and they stepped one foot on the sidewalk outside of the building Mm -hmm. they would have been shot oh yeah like mowed down with machine guns yeah or snipers or whatever but because this was pro-trump white people they literally were inside of the Capitol, sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk. And they're still, and 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 just the security of that, the security of like people taking mail off of her desk, mm-hmm. going through her stuff, like any information that's there. Who knows what was taken? Who knows what information that they took? Who knows what security measures had to be changed? Mm-hmm. Um, and and to to all of that, and for the police to still be like. I mean, just letting them walk through the, the doors. And, and I get the point of you're, you're not going to beat this crowd, right? And the you problem was not. that there was no security. No like, real security. Like when you saw on Black Lives Matter, in anticipation of a protest, mm-hmm. they were lining the steps. They had credible knowledge that, mm-hmm. a, that something like this was going to go down. Maybe they didn't know to the scale, but they knew there were threats. They knew something was going to happen. Yep. And that took them three hours for any police backup, any kind of like anybody to get there to help them. Yep. So I can see why that the base level of security there couldn't do shit. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it was I don't like, blame those you know, guards 10 people that. or however many few they had versus that whole riot. I mean, come on. We saw we saw one video of a black security or police officer being chased up the steps by a group of, of angry white men that probably uh, want him dead. I, like, of course, man, I don't blame you. Right. Of course, run. But you how know? the fuck did like... Um, all of these people handed in their resignation, like the police, the chief mm-hmm. of police, and all these people, because yeah. uh, they fucked up big time, and yeah, all of Congress was calling on account for accountability. So, well, yeah, and, and that's good, but then of course, all the Congress members, like Matt Gates and Ted Cruz, that incited all of this, and that still continue to defend mm-hmm. their actions afterwards. They need to be removed from Congress. There's, you know, it, it's just, it's just, it's incredible, and and just 
you know, it's like no matter how much you talk about how the, how it's so obviously racist, people are still like, no, it's not racist. It's just that all the Trump things have been so they've been so peaceful, and we right. have no idea. It's just but these good old white boys. The vast, 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 vast majority of BLM, I mean, hundreds of protests for Black Lives Matter happened across the country this year, and the overwhelming majority of them were peaceful. Right, and there and, was a few cases of looting and stuff, but then you see. A lot of the looters aren't actually Black Lives Matters people. They were people taking advantage of the situation. And have you seen that Trump supporters are trying to say that? They're doing the same they're argument. Like, they're like, oh, no, it was Antifa. I think, uh, oh, yeah, it's I'm a ridiculous like, argument. Uh... Look, I do think that <laughs> there were plenty of people who were Black Lives Matter protesters, or at least were protesting for that, and they did loot buildings. And I, and that I happens. And, and my thing is not whatever, but it is also like these are people that are fighting and looting because they're being mowed down in the streets and they are killed. actively being... facing day in and day out injustices mm -hmm. they're facing um their family members being killed like you said they're facing yeah. financial uh issues because they just aren't given that leg up that you know people white people get they I mean, just look at, have to fight every day of their fucking life look at minneapolis right i mean you you watched a man have his the life slowly drained out of him after eight minutes yeah did you think a couple fucking things were gonna burn down no shit yeah these people raided our capitol building and tried to attack our congressmen and women because they they don't like the election results because they refuse to believe the election results again it's not about i'm not going to take a stance about whether or not looting and rioting is right or wrong it's about why are you looting and rioting right are you looting and rioting because you don't want to believe? Because you could be the next George Floyd at any fucking minute because of the color of your skin? Right, yeah. Or are you looting and rioting because the country decided they didn't want to fucking put up with your bullshit anymore? Right, exactly. It. You didn't get your way, so you're going to loot and riot. That's different than than all the, you know, than the facts that show us how many black and brown people are put into prisons and the facts that show us the wealth inequality and the facts that show us employment inequality and that show the us- The medical inequality. Like every, all, every, yeah. every layer of their life, they have to fight injustices and fight just to get what people like Evan and I get just because of the color of our skin. And that's yeah. something that people don't, they can't um, understand. And I was, um, actually on the Beautifully Human podcast mm -hmm. last week or the week before, I don't remember, but uh, they interviewed me and I kind of said, like, if you are in somewhere like Northwest Indiana and you went to an all-white school, I didn't, but others did, of course, mm -hmm. um, and you grew up in a farm town and there's 2,000 people in your town and all 2,000 people are white, they don't understand why you need Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And I think we need to incorporate in public education a required, like, racial education i don't oh, know yeah. there needs yeah, to be do. some sort of like there it needs to be in public schools because as you can see without it this is just chaos and people being treated unfairly at every step of their life yeah, it's true we need it we need to require it and and there are people that have been working to it and for that and consequently uh, as almost a last stitch effort the trump administration was trying to push through a patriot education mm -hmm. which basically further erased right. black history and and brown history and, and indigenous people's histories so i don't know i do think it's it's interesting how um you know the all this big fight i whenever this was happening my sister was arguing with my cousin who i don't really talk to i i don't talk to him except for like once every few years 
I get on one of her comments and I argue with him. That's about mm-hmm. the extent of our talking. And he's one of those nuts that's like a militia. And he's like, I'm just waiting for the president to tell us to call us up so I can go respond, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's talking. He's like, I have no shame. I love capitalism. And and now you know what capitalism has done. Capitalism has silenced Donald Trump because when you give organizations and companies like Apple and Google and Amazon and Twitter unbridled um, power and you don't put any kind of regulations in place whenever they have a voice that's powerful enough they can shut you down so Trump parlor can't be on Google and it can't be on Apple and I do on like a there's like do I agree with that or not it's not whether or not I agree with it it's that you put in this this idea that capitalism doesn't need to have any constraints and so now capitalism is literally silencing your voice mm-hmm. there's no place for Trump to go now because the apps that would let him um, go somewhere have been removed from the place that people would get those apps mm-hmm. and and then the social media platform the rest of the social media platforms have booted him off right you know so it's like yeah so there is here I agree with Google and Apple removing parlor because I understand the purpose of the app however it was being used by extremists like we would hope that in the Middle East, if there was a um, an, an, a social media network for like you know the Taliban or something, we would hope that that would be removed from Google and Apple. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing in the United States. It's just they're white. Oh yeah, no. I and my thing is that it's do I think that Google and Apple have the right to remove an app like Parler from their platform? Absolutely. I think they have the right. My my point is. If you hadn't allowed Google and Apple to have such a monopoly because you were so concerned with getting money from them, oh, then, I see what then you're they, they wouldn't have the monopoly to silence mm-hmm. him because there's no other place for Parler to put their apps because we've allowed them to have a monopoly. Now capitalism has turned around to bite them in the ass because it always mm-hmm. will. Because again, the idea you cannot let the rich run. I see what you're saying. You're just saying and that then complain. They fucked themselves in the ass. Exactly. Basically. You can't. Not that that's a bad thing, but exactly for yeah. them it is. <laughs> I'm just saying you can't let them. Run on better and then be shocked when it turns around and bite you in the ass because mm-hmm. that is what happens when we give b- billionaires free reign they will always turn around and bite us in the ass mm-hmm. for whatever reason if even though i like this now am i gonna like it in eight years whenever they do that to someone else right no i see I, what you're saying yeah you know it's, it's just the irony of it of how big tech played such a role in this election and now big tech has turned on donald trump mm-hmm. you know it, they had, it, they absolutely had to do it, and I'm so glad they did. It was just getting, it was getting crazy. Yeah, okay. and I am really surprised Pence hasn't invoked the 25th Amendment yet. I'm not surprised. You're at not. All. No. Well, the, you know what, Pence though, I'm sure he's so fucking angry right now because mm-hmm. he com- he basically committed political suicide. Oh, by see, a I, I think it's the opposite. I think, think that so? the 25th Amendment is political suicide. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I, I I feel like Trump has run the Trump name into the ground. I feel like there's going to be far-reaching repercussions. Maybe we're not going to feel them in the next 10 years, but we'll feel them in the next 20 years when the youth of this that was mm-hmm. watching all the news at this time gets up old enough to elect and yeah. vote and all of that. I feel like it was a, a short-term victory, long-term destruction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because we already, like you've brought up in the past, we see... Um, all of these children who are going to schools, having to go to active shooter training, watching all these school shootings. Now they're watching on the TV Trump like burning the fucking like all these Trump writers attacking the Capitol mm-hmm. and just all of this. They're going to be like, fuck that. Yeah, I'm not OK with that. And once they, you know, like I said, 20 years from now when they're running for election and stuff and Congress, I think we're going to see 
a huge shift in national policies. Well, I think that in the next week on our episode, we're going to talk about the other worst president mm-hmm. and a lot of the same things of where things that happened in 1830 is what set us up for the Civil War in 1860, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, that's what I mean. Like, like when people, people think we're going to have a Civil War tomorrow, no. But are we going to have a Civil War in the next 20 years? Probably. I mean, probably unless something huge changes. Right. Yeah, I don't see how else we don't have a civil war. Mm-hmm. It's not about wanting a civil war. It's not about being thirsty for civil war, but it's also about, I mean, the same thing with the civil war, which I don't want to talk too much about this episode, but like just, you know, there nobody really wanted a civil war, but you basically came down to either we have a civil war or we keep enslaving people. And I'm not going to keep enslaving people. So Mm -hmm. fine if we have to fight. So it's like comes to the same thing. Like either we have a civil war or we continue to watch people die in the streets. We continue to watch prisons make money off the people that we enslave in them. We continue to enslave indigenous people. We continue to let folks die because they won't have access to health care. Like those are your things. You're basically telling the poor and the middle class die and if you look or at have the, a civil war add the inequality wealth inequality mm-hmm. on that look at the french revolution about yeah. the same numbers we're really reaching a boiling point and i really hope that going in biden knows that i hope he's not going in just saying oh look we, we defeated this i hope he's really thinking long term because there are very far-reaching and very long-term uh things coming yeah. out of this well it all depends on the action that he takes in this in these first two years because there's it's a very very difficult situation because you must proceed with caution but you also must proceed quickly and with decisive action exactly and i was actually talking to somebody um, about legalizing marijuana federally and how uh this person was like oh yeah we'll just let everybody out of jail who is criminalized for it and they'll be fine they can take care of themselves and i said no these people have been locked away for however long they have no resume background they have nowhere to go they have no money they have no housing they have no they need a safety network. Mm-hmm. If we're going to legalize marijuana federally, which we're, I don't know how we got to this topic. I just brought it up. But um, if we're going to legalize marijuana federally, all of those people who are then being released from jail all across the net, the country need shelter. Mm-hmm. They need a place to go. They need help getting a job. They need help getting reestablished in society because otherwise we're just going to inflate the homeless population. And that's just going to lead to more crime, more drug abuse and more chaos. Exactly. So, we got a lot of issues going on in this country. We do. We forgot to remind our, our listeners to just tune in 20 minutes after if they wanted to actually hear the episode. Oh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> um, we have a lot to talk about. Evan and I have not met in almost six weeks. Yeah. Um, we both took like a unintended mental health break from the podcast. Yeah. You know, we pre-recorded our episodes and then we went about two weeks without an episode. It was needed, but we're back. We're back better than ever. We are better than ever. We're refreshed. We have a lot to talk about. Ready to see you through the revolution. (laughs) If this (laughs) this podcast is going to be blaring in the loudspeakers of some underground bunker. I hope so. I hope so one day. I hope we change the whole thing from your queer story to your revolution story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyways, yeah. So when I was writing today's episode... Um, which I will admit is halfway done. So, um, but it's okay because there's a lot there. I was like, I, this, I wrote this episode right after I watched people storm the Capitol steps. And I was like, I cannot do 
I cannot do any more bad news. I just mm -hmm. want to get through to the inauguration. I want to see Biden get inaugurated. And then I want to see the first hundred days put in a lot of the, you know, start to set up mm -hmm. for all the work that's going to need to be done in the next two years before we probably lose at least the House or the Senate I know, that's to the sad thing. Republicans. So we need like, um, so I was like, you know, what are some good things that happened in 22 or 2020? <laughs> 2022. Where are we at? You're already two years ahead. You're like preparing <laughs> for the worst. Just forgetting. I'm just forgetting about it all. Um, I got to pull up the right thing, though. So I got to get um, in here. What? So all of the good thing. We're going to talk about some great queer things that happened in 2020. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it didn't make any of the uh, episode, but welcome all of the queer babies who were born in 2020. You don't know about this podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you'll ever know about this podcast, <laughs> but welcome to the world. <laughs> you have so much ahead of you. <laughs> oh wow and while you're doing that i'm gonna peel my orange and eat it okay i'm just I'm should just i put this in his asmr like in the background no which <laughs> my new year's was wonderful david and i have officially been engaged for one year we went out to dinner a socially distanced dinner my you know full nine yards safety precautions and the place we went was actually even more safe than like the regulations like anytime our waiter came up we had to wear a mask and um they had like you know the, the plastic barriers around everything so it was actually quite uncomfortable yeah I, I wouldn't do it again but you know we went out um had a couple drinks and everything um i bought a treadmill that david yeah. was very angry at me for buying did um, you tell him you were gonna buy this before well, you did it? No, I, I may have uh, smoked a little weed and got in the bathtub and ordered an eight hundred dollar treadmill. I was but, like, you, he he was messaging me during this, and he's just like, "What kind of treadmill?" I told him what kind of treadmill I had, and then I was like, he's just like, he's like, "Done, got it." I was like, "That's a, that was a quick." Uh, well, I knew my <laughs> money was coming from the federal government, and I have been fortunate enough to have a steady job and not have mm -hmm. anything, so I was like. I am going to be 30 in a couple years. I want to, I've um, always had body image issues, so I want to get something that I can have in my house that allows me to actively work on myself uh -huh. um, without any excuses, because with the gym membership, I just, oh, I don't want to go today. But if the treadmill's in my fucking house, I'm like, yeah. fucking do it. So I've been using that. I got like some 10 pound weights. I've been doing those. And what I do is I do a mile in the morning, whether I run it or walk it, I'm trying to increase the speed at which I can do it. Um, and then throughout my work day, when my watch buzzes and tell me to get moving, I do like a little routine of sit-ups and push-ups and stuff. So nice. just doing a little bit every day to work on myself. Nice. How about yours? How about my, my, oh, my New Year's? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was good. Um, Samantha, I wanted to go to bed at 11, and Samantha made me sit in bed until 12, and then she kissed me and turned over and went to bed. So, it's very exciting. The kids knocked them out, put them to bed at like, not, um, at like probably 10. Let them stay up a little later, mm -hmm. but it was just too much to, uh, it was too much to, to try to keep them up, and mm -hmm. you know, so. Oh, we low. watched uh, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen until the oh. ball drops. Did you watch them? No, but I heard they were good. Oh my gosh. So they were just like, every like 10 minutes, uh, Andy's like, we're doing shots. And they're just like constantly bringing them shots. <laughs> so like, I was trying to keep up with them because I was like, it's New Year's. We haven't done anything. I'm like drinking peanut butter whiskey as shots. <laughs> and I was like pretty drunk at the end of the night. And then they, Andy 
was saying some really crazy inappropriate things, but it was funny. Yeah. And David's like, oh my God, Anderson Cooper's probably so mad because, you know, Anderson Cooper tries to present yeah. this like put yeah. together. I'm gay, yes, but I'm not one of those gays. I'm put together and I'm very proper. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was fun. Yeah. I'm glad I watched them and I didn't watch like the performances and any of that. I did on my phone pick up to watch a couple of the performances, but yeah. The, they were they were great, you know, yeah. fun to watch. Your microphone's off. You oh my it. god, it's zoning off into its own I world. Know. Sorry if that was. A, it's because my knee <laughs> is on the cord. It goes away. Um, I'm trying to think what I said. Oh, there was. <laughs> so you see Anderson Cooper's Olive Garden comment. No. About he was watching them storm the Capitol. And he's like, and these people are just gonna go back to their Olive Garden and Holiday Inn at the end of all this. Like nothing happened. They, I. I'm still shocked that they were able to walk out of the Capitol and go home. Right? Just leave. How were they not thrown to the ground and immediately arrested? And dragged like, off? Yeah, in a haze of tear gas? Who knows, Because they were white. Exactly. Who knows? We know. All right, let's get to the good news. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. <laughs> Sorry, there's just been so much chaos in the last three weeks, it's hard not to talk about it. That's right. All right. Well, with all the bad that we're leaving behind in the year 2020, there are some great things that happened for LGBTQ plus people around the world. And since we could all use some good news right now, let's kick 2021 off with some positive stories. And so I have an A through J list of positive stories that have happened. And maybe um, we'll get to K through Z another time. Yeah, exactly. I felt, you know, it'd be good. Split maybe it we up do whenever it later we need to good news. Yeah. As well as some, a couple little like bullet points from the U.S. America. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Do you want to go? Sure. Argentina requires employment for transgender citizens. In September, President Alberto Fernandez signed transgender protections into law in the large South American country. The decree requires a proportionate, a proportion of not less than 1% of the total number of public sec- sector jobs to be set aside for transgender people. The ruling allows for more work equality and opportunities for trans Argentinians. Argentinians. Ironically, this ruling also includes the military, which will mean Argentina requires trans representation in its military, while the United States still prohibits trans individuals from serving. Right? Fucking nuts. That's, we are slowly becoming a third world country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. We're just watching it. Yeah, we're just falling. I mean, when capitalism does fall, it's 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 going to happen. It's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a disaster here. But um, but it is. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I don't know what other groups have done this, but like requiring one percent. I mean, when you think about your trans population, that's only typically only about three percent of your population, Mm -hmm. if that. And so to preserve one percent of all jobs for trans people and force all companies to have a quota of one percent you know it's low it's not a big commitment but it, it, it almost, does makes it almost guarantees all trans people will have employment it does it basically does it does it require it does guarantee that and it um and it's just a good protection for trans people because when you protect their income you protect a lot of other things oh yeah bhutan decriminalizes homosexuality in December, 63 of the 69 members of the Bhutan's parliament voted to remove same-sex relationships as unnatural sex. The Buddhist-led Himalayan country is known for measuring its gross national happiness index as opposed to the economic or production growth index seen in most other countries. It seems officials took, an account the, took into account the toll that criminalizing love would have on the nation. While the king still needs to sign the amendment into law, activists are confident that queer relationships will soon be legal in Bhutan. 
And that's interesting. Gross national happiness in right? right? Imagine living in a world and a country that's like, are you happy? Exactly. That, that's their biggest concern. The biggest concern isn't how much money we made this year. It's whether or not you're happy. Of course, I think it's a Buddhist-led country, so that, that shows a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, it, the, what I like about this list is that there's a wide variety of, you know, you have nations that are still just getting around to decriminalizing homosexuality, and then you have nations where it's still illegal, but other gains are being made mm-hmm. so it's a very the, in 2020 there was a lot of progression around lgbtq issues but um and even though that not all of them were where we wanted wanted it to be they shows that as a globally we're making progress and look every act uh, or every um step towards progress is a step in the journey Regardless if it's your first step or your thousandth step, you're still on the journey towards progress. Um, And I don't think progress will ever be complete. I think it's just will always be a progressing issue. You know, 300 years from now, when queer people are just an average member of society where there's nothing weird, what's the next thing that needs to be taken care of, you know? So it's just, it's nice to watch the world slowly move towards that direction. And even if sometimes you take a step back, the ball's still rolling. There you go. Um, And with that, we'll be right back. we're back and i know we only covered two topics before we left (laughs) but that's because we had a lot to say okay um yeah that's right yeah so we got to get back into it so as you know we were talking about um we are talking about by talking we did too um we are starting a list of some things that happened in 2020 it's an a through z list that goes a through j um, I actually do have a Z on here because oh, wow. I like it and then a little bit about America, but just some good news from 2020 and to remind us that everything is not hopeless and that we are making progress on LGBTQ issues. So in Costa Rica, they televised their first same sex wedding at 12.01 AM on the morning of May 26, Doritza, Aria and Alexandra Q Castillo. Castillo, I'm assuming. Alexandra Q Castillo. Castile? LL in Spanish is Y. Makes a Y sound. Oh, Castile? Oh, okay. C said, C acepto. I hope that's acepto. right. Acepto. You know what? This is why Vima should be here. <laughs> For this one, this one Listen, paragraph. <laughs> I took um, one semester of Spanish in high school, so I know exactly how everything is supposed to be said. Okay. There we go. Uh, well, where, what have you been doing for the last two and a half plus years then? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Aria and Casilla became the first queer couple legally married in the Central American country. Costa Rica's Supreme Court had passed marriage equality in late 2018. However, the government had 18 months to prepare. Wow, I just didn't even finish typing that. Mm-hmm. During this time period, several conservative lawmakers fought to stop the legislation from going into effect but did not succeed. In a defiant gesture to those who tried to prohibit them from being together, Aria and Castillo had their wedding televised for the world to see. Good for them. Yeah. That's yeah. some shit I would have do. You tried to stop me, watch. <laughs> like, oh, you know when we get married? Okay, now everybody's going to see me get married. Um, which I have learned. Um, I have, I mean, I've talked about it before, but I have the worst issue with authority. And yes. I have talked to my therapist about it, and she said it's because of my childhood and the shit I went through. No shit. But 
I'm like, if somebody tells me not to, even if David's like, no, don't do that. Like if David told me not to buy the, that's why I didn't ask him. Cause he would have told me no. And then it would have been a fight. Cause I was <laughs> buying did it anyways. Exactly. So that's why I didn't tell him before, because if he had told me not to do it, I would have been like, Oh, you're going to tell me not to do something. Watch. And then I probably would have found like a $2,000 treadmill just cause I was mad. <laughs> See, there therapy helps. <laughs> there we go. Dutch. Netherlands writes LGBTQ protections into constitution. For quite some time, the Dutch have led the way globally for LGBTQ equality. The Netherlands became the first country in 2001 to legalize same-sex marriage and became quite a hub of activity for queer Europeans. In 2020, the country formerly known as Holland removed gender from identification cards, and just a week later, the lower chamber of parliament passed a measure to input LGBTQ protections into the Dutch constitution. This step will quite safely secure queer rights as national constitution as national constitutions are much harder to change than simple legislation. Constitutions. I don't know. Are you going to correct the spelling on this? That's the question. No, we'll see. If Grammarly <laughs> tells me it's wrong, probably. Um, which um, I think, uh, are we yeah. moving our base of operations to the Netherlands? Because it <laughs> seems like we might they're be doing safer great there. there. They're doing great. Because I'm watching like the United States crumble and I feel like they're doing the exact opposite. They're so building like, up. But, are we but they're, they're socialists, so they can't be doing good. No, are we, the Dutch social? I think that I'm pretty they're social. I, according to the United States, everybody else is a socialist That's country. True. That's why it's We're hard. the only beacon of hope in this world. <laughs> good for us. We're doing, and we're doing great, we're as doing you can great. see. We're doing great. Um, no, but it is important to remember. So like when you're making, when you're talking about purchasing legislation to re it, it's, it's a big deal to pass legislation, but to amend your constitution is a huge ordeal. I mean, we, we've had, uh, what is it? We have, uh, I don't know how many, maybe it is only 25 amendments, but 26 no or 27. We do have several amendments to our constitution, but we've been a nation for more than 200 and, 30 years. Of years. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, 250 years. And on top of that, for 10 of those amendments were put in right away. So that right. the Bill of Rights, like that was all put in immediately. Mm -hmm. So the the rest of those amendments, the next 20 or whatever, took 200 something. Exactly. Years. Took, took, took decades and in some cases centuries to be added. So amending your constitution is a huge deal. So the mm -hmm. Dutch doing that, it just, it's just so concrete. You right. can't just go in and pass a legislation back and forth. Like we're going to get to a country in a few minutes where like they went back and forth on their legislation decriminalizing homosexuality. The Dutch are going to make it so you can't just do that. Right. They're like, Hey, by the way, this is done. Yeah. Period. This is, it's in the constitution, bitch. Do you even know the constitution? <laughs> exactly. The current president doesn't, but do you? <laughs> El Salvador convicts officers who murdered trans women. Wow, a country actually does that? Er, um, on July 27, 2020, a, a court in El Salvador convicted three police officers of killing transgender woman Camila Diaz Cordova. This was the first time anyone had ever been convicted of killing a transgender person in the South American country. Diaz had fled to America in 2017, but was deported back to El Salvador after spending several months in an American concentration camp, concentration camp noted officially as a detainment facility. In January of 2019, the officers forced Camilla back into the Camilla into the back of a pickup truck, beat her, and threw her from the moving vehicle. She died several days later. GP GPS evidence put the officers at the same location as Diaz's disposal, and an autopsy revealed the violence Camilla had endured during her final moments. While El Salvador remains a volatile and unsafe place for LGBTQ people, and especially transgender people, 
This ruling set precedence and gave some hope of shift in attitudes. The case also shed light on the heartlessness and cruel effects of America's anti-asylum policies enacted by the Trump administration. And this is the kind of thing, when we saw this going on in real time, we were mm. saying really bad things are going to happen because of this. Yeah. And here we fucking are. It's exactly what it is. I mean, when someone is seeking asylum... They to are deny, escaping. Yeah. And to just to act like these are just freeloaders coming into our country and they want all that we have. As if as if it's su- such a nuisance of oh wow, little children trying to s- escape warlords. They My walked four hundred miles. <laughs> They must really just want to come to America they trying to eat up all my, my job. They want all my jobs and all my money that I worked so hard for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so it's atrocious and it's important to remi- remember that, you know, we are taking these people that are, are coming to us, begging for us to give them safety. We are locking them into concentration camps, putting them in horrible conditions. Some are dying in there. They're starving. Mm-hmm. They're cold. They're wet. And they're then fucking infants separated from their parents. Like, yeah. Taking children from their parents. And, and then... then Sorry, I'm cutting you off a lot. But and then we had the audacity to have these children represent themselves in court. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know about that. Yeah. Children yeah. were like toddlers are representing themselves in court. Wow. Yeah. It's just it's just go again like this is real stuff that's happening. And and the point is to say like there should be change. Like, I don't know. It, maybe it's just my my nationalist past drilled into me of like not wanting to give up on America. And it's not that I want to give up on America, but I, I don't want this America and I'm not going to stand for this America. Mm-hmm. And so whatever it takes to make this America something better, you know, like you can't make America something better. better. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know where the word is. It's like make it like if, if we could be like return to when we were good or great. Even. But we were never good or great. <laughs> That's no, the problem. But my point is, my point is that I, I just keep saying like, it, uh, how long? You know, I'm just sick and tired of people threatening me with civil war Mm -hmm. and me pretending that I'm scared of civil war. Because, again, it's not that I want people to die. It's that I don't want people to die. I don't want Mm -hmm. this shit. I don't want someone to come for asylum. And the supposedly richest country in the world is turning these people away. If we are the wealthiest country in the world, if capitalism is so fan-fucking-tastic, then why the hell are we deporting transgender women back to a country where she was murdered by three officers? And again, key, this was the first time someone was ever convicted of killing a trans person. So it's not like she went back and like, well, see, they they took care of justice. What about all the trans folks before them? And Mm -hmm. again, she still fucking died. Right. She was still horribly mutilated. Thrown off of a fucking truck. After, yeah. It's so, ridiculous. So, and, and, and in general, there's this, there's a whole triangle there. It's El Salvador, Honduras, and I can't remember the other country where it's just, it's, it's incredibly dangerous for LGBTQ people and especially trans people. Uh, and also any country that starts with an E or a K, avoid it. That's my advice <laughs> to all LGBTQ people. I was going down trying to find information, like doing my little list. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fuck, nothing in E's. This was the best store I can find in, from an E store mm-hmm. country. Nothing in K's. So, yeah. Wow. All right. France elects its first transgender mayor. The nation that boasts this city of love has elected its first transgender mayor. Marie Cal is a strong opponent of is a strong proponent of environmental sustainability and her election comes during a time when France is seeing an uptick in anti-LGBTQ sentiment. And we're seeing that all around again. There is just this this wave of of 
white supremacy and anti-queerness anti they need somebody to blame for all the issues in the world it's not them it's not it, the ones destroying no, the world no, no it must be the queers they're just deflecting back because they're being held accountable so now they're they're turning their anger so we're seeing that of course in america but we're also seeing it in several parts of europe we're seeing mm-hmm. it in the uk we're poland. seeing yeah, poland yes i mean just europe in general mm-hmm. and of course it's not any better in in russia or china right. In general, but the Dutch are doing great. The Dutch are doing great. I don't know what's they, what's in their water. I don't know, but we I need a, some of it. We need to visit. I feel like a, a let's plan a trip there, a big queer trip. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, in by a trip in like there, three we years. mean whenever we're yeah. escaping as political refuge. Yeah. Ref, ref, well, hopefully they just refugees. don't turn us back to the United States. <laughs> All right. But despite this cow to the press, what's surprising is that this is surprising. The mayor's appointment was met with widespread praise from supporters across the country, as in general, people are happy to see a uh, a, a queer mayor and especially an LGBTQ mayor. So mm-hmm. good for you, France. And up next, Gabon legalizes same-sex relationships. Just one year earlier, the Ghanaian Senate pushed through an... It's supposed import- to be Gabonese. Sorry, Gabonese. I was like, wow, they got a lot of names. Just one year earlier, the Gabonese Senate pushed through an ordinance that criminalized same-sex relationships with six months in prison and an $8,500 fine. But the bill faced harsh backlash and criticism both nationally and on a global scale. Um, Activism and outrage soon swung the narrative around, and on June 24th, 2020, the Gabonese parliament officially legalized same-sex relationships. It is important to note that the difference between decriminalizing homosexuality and legalizing same-sex relationships, while it seems the two can go hand in hand, in many places, the act of sodomy is decriminalized, but queer couples are still prohibited from openly being together. The country of Gabon becomes one of a handful of countries in Africa to allow LGBTQ relationships. And so we see that a lot, too, just because a just because you could no longer be thrown in prison for having gay sex to put it very like mm-hmm. that's not proper but you know as it's soft and termed right. gay sex um you that doesn't mean that you can be with your partner so we yes we we want to celebrate places that are decriminalizing homosexuality but the real point is to allow queer people to be together it's like america 1970s pre-aids epidemic yeah exactly like yeah okay fine we won't throw you into jail anymore but you're not gonna we're not gonna rent any houses to you mm-hmm. and we can fire you for being gay and we can harass you and nobody's really gonna care and we're gonna out you and so there's this is the first step but uh, this was my point uh, um, earlier when I said that when you don't put this stuff in your constitution it can go back it goes back and forth I mean just a year ago they were trying to impose incredibly harsh restrictions on LGBTQ people Mm -hmm. so and and even once this passes it it can can still go away yeah So, so they have to now now that they've had this victory they have to continue to fight to make sure that whoever gets voted in, I don't know if they have elections or what, but whoever's in power next yeah. doesn't backtrack on this. Uh-huh. That does, Just because they have this small victory doesn't mean they're safe. Exactly. It, they, had a, uh, they won the battle, but the war is still going. And that's why we're always talking about LGBTQ rights. That's why people are upset and they're like, well, you can marry who you want now. Okay, but what... Uh, what are you don't even realize all the rights that are put in place to protect your marriage if you're straight you don't realize what is put in place to protect your marriage and all of the benefits and like it's and like, how much it yeah. would take to deconstruct that mm-hmm. lgbtq people do not have that we have one law that protects us and if that law is taken away so are our rights right so you it's not easy it's not easy to d- dismantle 
a heterosexual marriage at all. Mm -mm. It is very easy to dismantle not only LGBTQ marriages, but also our families, our adoptions, uh, so many Every parts of our life. Every aspect of our civil life. Exactly. Moving on. The Haitian Center offers transgender people refuge. Haitian Center Transgender Refuge becomes Transgender Refuge. This was my title. I, I, I was throwing this together and my plan was to go back and edit it, but I did it. 2020 has caused quite a stir around LGBTQ rights in Haiti. An overhaul of the penal code required marriage officiants to oversee same-sex weddings. The country has never made homosexuality expressly illegal, nor expressly held anti-LGBTQ anti-LGBTQ laws, but a growing swath of religious leaders have attempted to deny marriage ceremonies to queer couples while spreading homophobic and transphobic messages across the small country. As such, activism around LGBTQ visibility and protections has increased, which has released a surge of backlash and violence against queer Haitians. In the capital of Port-au-Prince, the K-Trans Haiti Center is providing relief for some trans residents. The center office the center offers free services, including therapy and housing, for up to two years, with one year in shelter and one year free rent. The safe haven is fostering and emboldening the trans and gender non-conforming Haitian community. That's a great program, right? One exactly. year free services and free services and a year a year of rent free. That gives you two years to get your life together, pick up your pieces, figure mm -hmm. out okay, can I get a job? Can I get you know? That gives you two years. That's a that really, is huge. That's what you need. I mean, and the thing about the shelter, because you can live there with other trans people. So you have a safe haven. You can go to therapy every day. You have your food and your clothing taken care of. Meet people like you and understand, really. Exactly. You, know? you, ha you build your community. And then you go out and you start to get on your own, but you're still supported as you're getting on your own. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a fantastic program. That's great. Ireland. Oh, I don't know why that was my Irish accent. That, that was horrible. That was like a southern hillbilly mixed with Irish. Ireland's gay prime minister helps fight COVID. Leo Varadkar. Oh my. <laughs> Who would know that the Irish one would be the one that was really hard? Leo Varadkar is the first openly <laughs> gay. <laughs> you didn't even. Varadkar. Say that. Leo, Leo Varadkar. Yeah, like that, <laughs> is the first openly gay prime minister in history and a former doctor. When COVID-19 broke out, the prime minister re-registered as a physician and took on one shift a week to help with the pandemic. The Varadkar's party failed to win a majority vote during the last election. He has continued to stay on and, and serve during the pandemic. And unsurprisingly, the prime minister has gained in favor during his response to the coronavirus. Imagine? That's really right? fucking incredible. That is, that is incredible. That's like... Good job to you. Right? Also, Leave it to the gays. <laughs> Leave it to the gays. Like, I'll run this country and I'll work a shift at the hospital. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yep. <laughs> no, but I was, it's really weird in Ireland. What was confusing me is that they, so no party won a majority. So there was like two of them that are going to basically swap off as prime ministers. Like, all right, so you're going to be prime minister one week and then I'm going to be prime minister the other week. And then when I'm not being prime minister, I'm going to be working at the hospital. All right. Wow. That's you know what? Do it. Do it up. Do, do it. whatever you gotta you, do. You go. I think that would actually be a brilliant way to run a country though. I don't know. It depends on how divided the the it, See America tried that in the beginning. Well not specifically that, but we tried having um a president and a vice president from the opposing party and it did not work out well. No. So That's true. Yeah. Look what happened with fucking Lincoln. <laughs> That's just the ultimate proof that it fucking failed. 
All right. Japan opens its first LGBTQ center. In October of 2020, Japan opened its first permanent LGBTQ center in Tokyo. Called the Pride House Tokyo Legacy, the center was originally meant for the 2021 Olympic Games. Don't think those are happening. Yeah, probably At least not. not like they used to. I mean,、mm-hmm. there's no fact stands, but they might still have people compete.、Mm-hmm. However, after a local survey showed that many LGBTQ folks struggle with Out acceptance, especially during lockdown, the organizers decided to open the center early. Pride House hosts regular events both online and offline to help shift attitudes towards queer minorities in Japan. The center plans to create programs and businesses that will give up more opportunities for LGBTQ individuals while sustaining the center. It is the first Pride Center to be recognized by the Olympic Games Committee. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. I was gonna say, Tokyo, they have no space. So in my mind, I was like, these people are in like little cubes. But <laughs> if it was meant for the Olympics, it must be a pretty big、I'm、center. I'm sure they figured it out. You、yeah. know, just build up. That's what they do. Just keep building、mm-hmm. up. <laughs> Kenyan house mothers protect their children. There are few countries on Africa's continent that provide safety for queer Africans. In fact, 32 countries still hold laws criminalizing homosexuality, and many have been on the books since colonization. But while Kenya still struggles beneath a mountain of hate and prejudice, there is some rest for the queer refugee.、Um, most of the solace is provided by drag mothers in their houses. The House of Nature is one such place and was formed after police raided and shut down a shelter with 70 LGBTQ refugees. Other houses include the Refugee Trans Initiative, Pride Umbrella Kenya, and Lunko Contour. House members provide emotional and financial support to one another as many look to escape off the continent in search of a safe, affirming new home. And it's like what Marsha and、uh, Sylvia were、mm-hmm. trying to do. That's exactly what it is.、Mm-hmm. And it's actually notable that it's not legal, it's illegal to be gay in Kenya, but these house mothers are still providing. They're these,、um, these homes to people, and it is very much, it's very much built on that. What, what Sylvia and Marsha did,、mm-hmm. what we see on Pose, it's very much、yep. modeled after that. That's beautiful. And so, this one、um, I put in here, I mean, it's def- it's, it was going to be my Z on my list because, again, there's only like one country that's a Z, and it wasn't very queer friendly. <laughs> But、um, I wanted to add it. So, New Zealand becomes the most queer represented parliament in the world. While the country may not have the most LGBTQ people in politics, it does have the highest percentage in the highest positions. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern won re election in a landslide during the October election, in part due to her tremendous work against the virus, with less than 2,200 cases reported all year and only 25 deaths. New Zealand has a population the size of Los Angeles, which had 875,000 cases and 11,000 reported deaths, and the land size of the state of Colorado, which had 355,000 cases and just over 5,000 deaths. I'm only pointing that out because I know you say New Zealand only has 2,000 cases and people will be like, New Zealand's so small. Yeah. Who、exactly. cares? But like, compared to our cities and our, our、um, size, still doing a fantastic job. Mm hmm. But it's not just the country's tough COVID policies that people are noticing. New Zealand's parliament is set to become the most inclusive governing body in the world, with 9% of representatives being LGBTQ. The small parliament of 120 members has 11 queer representatives, the same number of LGBTQ representatives the United States 487 2021 Congress has. Wow, that's pretty fucking big. That's like. Yeah. If. You know, you're 10% of the people making up the decisions. Like, that's a huge number.、And、well, you that's can... representative of actual, your actual population, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Which the United States is not, has not ever done. And I, I, you're seeing with Biden, like the people he's picking,、mm-hmm. yes, it's more inclusive. Yeah. But I don't know. It's still like 
<laughs> we got a lot of work to do. Yep. Um, and then now we just have some other notable events to uh, finish off the episode with. Yeah. So drag queens hosted a kiss in. Oh, drag queens hosted a kiss in at a Mexico mall. So that was uh, a a security guard at the mall forced two men to leave because they were kissing and bothering other people. So these drag queens were like, "Oh, you want to see these people kissing?" And then all these people came and did a kissing. That's the worst thing you could do. Don't <laughs> don't fuck with the queer community because exactly. the worst. Do the, not tell us not to kiss. <laughs> the worst thing you could do to the queer community is tell them no, because then. You're going to get the same thing, but it's going to be 10 times worse and it's going to be drag queens <laughs> and it's going to be a show and it's going to be real out, right. oh, real over the top. It's like when they told Sylvia that she couldn't appear at what, some committee meeting and she scaled the wall in her <laughs> yeah. heels and she's like, oh, I can't appear at the committee meeting. <laughs> Literally. Exactly. Or right. them telling Marsha and Sylvia they can't be in the parade. And they're like, we'll fucking lead the parade. I'm Fine, I'll, I'll walk in the front. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um... Nepal counted LGBTQ people for the first time in their census, which is a big deal. Yes. Um, because Huge. you need, I, I mean, that gives you an idea of like your population and that lets you know, like these people need these resources because they are LGBTQ. Yeah. Taiwan had its annual mass wedding and had their first LGBTQ couples. Um, North and South, the North and South Pole had their first pride celebrations. Good yeah. job, Santa Claus. Cold. And it was cold, very cold. Ukraine activists hung a rainbow flag on their national Statue of Liberty. They did that with a drone, flew it up there, and then they couldn't <laughs> get it them. down. <laughs> Good for like, them. Well, you're going to put it up there. <laughs> and look at this. Ukraine people are hanging a pride flag on the Statue of Liberty, and we had fucking Confederate, Confederate flags in our marching capital. in the White House. Note, there has never, ever in the entire history of the United States been a Confederate flag in the in the Capitol building until today. The oh. Capitol building also had not been uh, stormed or overtaken since 1814 when the British took it over and burned it down. So good job, Trump supporters. You really turned yourselves into some real assholes in go, uh, United States history. Switzerland legalized same-sex marriage. 174 female athletes signed on to support female transgender athletes. And Carol Baskin came out as bisexual. You know, she just had to complete that full queer circle. If you haven't listened to our Tiger King episodes, Those please were fun. go back. They were a lot of fun. And listen, go back and listen to them. And like everybody on that show was queer in except for, you know, good old Carol. But she came through. She, she was, was like, like, I I'm not disappearing out of spotlight. <laughs> she just like does something so like she's constantly in like pop culture. Like yeah. she's always just putting something out there. Just like dancing with the stars. Relevant. Like, yeah, she's doing a good yeah. job staying yeah. popular. And just a few things from the US events. Uh we we've said before we've had more LGBTQ politicians than ever before were elected. Of course, we had Pete Buttigieg, which was put as the transportation secretary. You can go back and listen to our episode. This was when Buttigieg was not very well known. This was when he was first putting in his hat for running. So mm -hmm. we probably will do an update on him. Maybe when he actually runs for president again, we'll do a better um, episode on him. It has. I know, think by the time we do another episode on him, he will have been in the queer community long enough to kind of have a better understanding yeah because our biggest problem with pete Buttigieg was that he was like i'm a gay man i know what queer life is like i'm gonna make things better uh -huh. and it's like you don't know no you, you have don't. no education you need to learn if you're going to run on being a gay man you need to learn the struggle of queer life and then take that forward knowing what you need to do exactly that can then that can be part of your platform until that point shut the fuck up that was yeah that was it's absolutely true because that was it he had been out for four years and he had spent the majority of his life including most of his political life up until that point in the closet and so yeah it, it was not the same i think as his husband had a little more perspective mm -hmm. than him because his husband had come out when he was younger and had been kicked out of his house yeah. but like he did not get it and it was clear 
Um, but we'll see, you know, how he continues. I think to he evolve can do a too. great job in progressing. He just needs to make the effort. Yeah. He's yeah. smart enough to like learn and understand. And that makes uh, uh, Buttigieg as the first openly gay cabinet position. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Biden just appointed Carlos Elizondo to the White House Social Secretary. I didn't. I don't remember who, um, but uh, Kamala Harris also appointed an openly lesbian. Her chief of staff. I chief think. of staff. Yes. Yeah. Mondaire Jones became the first openly black man elected to Congress. So we've had a few gay people, but this is the first openly gay black man. And we know Sarah McBride, which we did a mini-sode on her. She became the highest ranking transgender lawmaker. Um, And then in in addition to that, there was a Chicago hospital that apologized for the general genital surgeries on intersex children, which we covered pretty extensively in our David Reimer Mm -hmm. episode, if you want to go back and listen to that. And polyamorous relationships gained some legal rights in Massachusetts. I didn't know about that. That's really incredible. Yeah. So aside from from, uh, Utah, which is really more for polygamous relationships, but does collect for Mormons. Protect polyamorous people. Polyamorous relationships, I believe this is the first time that they've had a whole state with legal rights. So That's really congratulations incredible. to our mm-hmm. poly couples out there. And so all that to say, you know what? Was it a shit year? Yes. But we still managed to get some things done. And that's because of all the hardworking LGBTQ activists and and, and allies out there as well. But the activists, mm-hmm. the queer activists that are really putting in the work and hustling. And and, and all, every person that remains open about their life also is helping. You have well. to be open. You have to be loud. Yep. This is part of the reason we do the podcast. You have to be because there are people who cannot be. Yep. So by using your voice, you uplift those without a voice. Yeah. And so I guess with that. With that, we're going to say stay queer. Don't get a lobotomy. We love you, our little allied hookers. And our succulent sapphists. Resist the oppressors and the Trump supporters, our proud homocrats. And have yourself a sodomy circus. Or don't. And Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.